0: up everybody welcome to the big six podcast cbs sports daily nfl podcast it is tuesday august the 6th and we are getting closer and closer to actual football um real life regular season games i'm will brinson i'm the host of this podcast um reminder as we get closer to reg- real real uh real football you're gonna need to have your fantasy draft uh, and, and that means that you're going to want fantasy information, which means you should be subscribing and listening to Fantasy Football Today with our friends Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings, and Dave Richard, along with the second-best podcast host at CBSSports.com. Actually, maybe third-best, but he's pretty good. Adam Azer, a uh, friend of mine, who took pot shots at me over Fantasy Baseball League, so I'm willing to take pot oh, shots yeah. at him. Uh, that's Sean Wagner, McGuff. Who made the playoffs. And you did not make the playoffs? Congratulations on your playoff berth. I'd won the league three years in a row and everybody knew that. And Azure's like, allegedly, it's just, we've been, Azure's been in the league for three years. He's like, Brinton claims he won it three years in a row. It's like, mofo, you would like took like six months to pay me my winnings all three years. Don't act like you don't know who won that league. I you also
1: that. beat me in the playoffs last year. So
0: that's right. So you can confirm that anyway. Uh, nobody cares about fantasy baseball. We're here to talk football. John Breach also on the line. What's up, buddy? Hi, Will. It's been a while. It has been a
2: while. I'm glad you guys actually let me be on the full podcast today instead of just bringing me in for the second half. Like I was some sort of super sub. Wasn't up to me, Breach. It, you just didn't it's, respond in time. I got to pour one out for Wilson though, who, who not only does he go on vacation, but he doesn't tell any of us where he goes so that like we can't stalk him or pull one of those midnight hotel calls like we did last year. I think it's because he doesn't want, cause he gives us so much crap for going
1: on vacation and he's trying to pass it off as, He's a hardworking guy who never takes a vacation. So he kind of just sneaks away for these mini vacations that, but he doesn't call them vacations, but he's really taken as many vacations.
0: He he takes just as many vacation days as we do, but he doesn't like to take them in big chunks because then he thinks people know that he likes to take vacation. But really all of August is a giant vacation for him. I mean, he doesn't work. He doesn't bother showing up and he just, he's he's a layabout.
1: There's no draft stuff really to do. So he's just, he's just coasting.
0: Yeah. Um, but you we're know we're what, kidding. We're like kidding. That, they needed
1: a, need a month of rest. You I'm know what sure. I mean? Like sure. we need him fully charged for the season. Happy I'm happy to let him charge his battery.
0: I'm actually kidding because Wilson's done a lot. Wilson does a ton of podcasts, so I appreciate that. Um, you know who's almost as big a concern for me in my life as Ryan Wilson's August? Andrew Luck's calf, lingering calf strain. He's going to miss the entire week. This week of practice at training camp. It's the second straight week. Uh, he told Peter King of. The uh, excuse me of uh, NBC Sports that I certainly believe I will be ready for Week One. That's certainly the goal. Which it's, it's not really like I'll be ready. And I do think that the Colts are a little wary, Sean, of like like fibbing about injuries because of the whole Luck shoulder thing that cost them the season. But I'll be honest, I put um, a wager in on the Colts to win the uh to, to win the AFC South at plus money, and I'm a little panicked right now. Yeah, when I saw this calf
1: story, I think it was like a couple weeks ago or last week, I kind of dismissed it. You know, we were talking about the Antonio Brown foot injury. I don't really care if someone's, you know, on a week to week or day to day basis as long as they're week one, especially for these veterans, it doesn't really matter. Then I saw that quote about the goals to be there week one, and it just like triggered memories mm-hmm. of that shoulder saga because we never really thought that entire time he was going to miss the entire season and it was always like, oh, he's going to be ready. He's going to be ready. Oh, he'll miss a couple weeks until suddenly he was put on the IR midway through the year. So I don't know how serious it actually is. But given his history, I think you have to be concerned. I don't know if it's enough for me to say not pick the Colts to win the division because that's who I have right now winning the division. Um, but, you know, they also had the quote about them worried about it could turn into like the Kevin Durant thing. Mm. So. I, I don't know. I, I I feel like if this was any other player, we wouldn't be overreacting to it. But because this is Andrew Luck, and because he had a shoulder thing that they never said he was going to be out for the year, and then he missed an entire year, I think we're right to be at least a little bit concerned.
2: And I think you should definitely be concerned because this has been lingering for so long. Look, he's been dealing with this since like March or April, and this is a, okay. So, Brinson, if you woke up last April and you threw up one morning, you'd probably think, oh, you know, well, I probably had something bad to eat. You wouldn't be concerned. But if you were throwing up every morning from April till August, uh, that's a few red flags. That's not good. <laughs> like your body should have healed. Something should be different. And that's kind of like what we have with luck here. It's a calf injury. It shouldn't be that serious. But all of a sudden, it's been lingering for five months. And now they're trying to tell us it's gonna be magically healed in four weeks. Like if I had to put a percentage on luck playing. I put it at like 60 in week one. Just
1: week one, 60-40. So great. Were you going to who would you pick the Colts to win the is this enough for you to move off the Colts? I assume you're on the Colts. I feel like all of us are on the Colts. I
2: I am on the Colts, but it is not yet because I don't think I think the division everybody is kind of between 6 and 9 wins, so I think as long as if luck were to miss Two games, let's say, and they lost them both. I think they could still be a nine-win team. Uh, so I'm not off the Colts yet, but if he is not on the field for at least one preseason game, then I might have to jump on someone else.
1: Looking- they also do have a good backup, so that's also worth noting, and they refuse to always trade
0: him. That's right. Chicago that? Bursette, NC State guy. Who knew? Uh, worth noting that uh right now, I think a, I think right now is a pretty good time if you wanted to wager on something at the Westgate the Houston Texans are 4 to 1 to win the division they won last year that's a pretty big number in terms of division like just for context the well, the Ravens are three and a half to one to win their division. The Jets are five to one to win the AFC East. What's more likely? The, the Jets win the AFC East or the friggin' Texans win the, uh, the AFC South? I mean, it's a no-brainer to me. I'd much rather have the Texans. And I think if you've got luck dealing with that, it's a good time to put something on it. I was just looking locally, uh, and noticed that the AFC South was actually off the board, which is a little surprising. So, you know, you know, just worth, uh, worth monitoring there it's do you think that our spidey sense would be up if this were a different team and a different player, or is it like exacerbated by the fact that it is Andrew luck. And he did miss that whole year with the shoulder surgery.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. definitely, no, definitely <laughs> because it's luck. Yeah. And I, and luck even himself said he has emotional scars that live with him still from that right shoulder injury. So maybe the cap isn't even as serious as it would be for another player, but for him, you know, he has to be aware anytime he has a lingering type of thing to take it easy.
0: Um Arizona Cardinals, 30-1 to 1 to win the division. Just worth noting. R.J. White kind of likes that bet. I was surprised. It's an interesting bet. He
2: likes it because it is literally the – like, that's insane for divisional odds. You can never get that good yeah. of odds on a team just to win the division. You might see that to win the conference or to win the Super Bowl, obviously, but you never see numbers that What are good. the
0: Dolphins? The Dolphins are gotta be higher. I feel like fifty-five to one. Yeah, <laughs> but like, there's no Patriots, and I mean, I know the Rams. No, 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 are, no that's yeah. why I figured. You it know happened. what,
2: though, I don't. I, I actually like that way more than the Cardinals because you look at. Let's just say Tom Brady's forty-two. He yeah. gets hurt. That division is wide open, and it's the Dolphins went seven to nine last year. Like, it wouldn't be that crazy if Tom Brady is not in this picture. That the Dolphins win the division. So I don't, I think 55 to 1 is a better play than the Cardinals at 30 to 1. Because in the NFC
1: West, you have, you know, two teams that are front runners and even the 49ers, you could make a case or, you know, could win the division. So
0: I agree with that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, well, I mean, look, it's probably not going to hit, but 30 to 1 is pretty good value. It's better than the, uh, when I take the the Giants at seventeen and a half to one before before all of their players got hurt. <laughs> uh, How so, drunk were you on a scale of
1: one to ten when you made that bet?
0: Like one to ten, like average person drunk, or like one to ten me drunk? Jesus, you, tr- you drunk? Ah, uh, like a three and a half or something. <laughs> what, what does that translate to on average? Uh, like a seven? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, like for instance, Saturday night in the mountains. I, by the time I went to bed, I was probably like an eight and a half for me. So that's, that's like a 12 and a half. Yeah, average, yeah, 12 and a half. Yes. I woke up and both of my, uh, both of my, uh, my credit cards were missing. I was like, oh boy. Um, they just, I just dropped my phone in the bathroom and they like slid underneath the the, the thing. So it was fine. It wasn't a big deal. It seemed a lot more dangerous than it thought. Don't look at me judgmentally, Sean.
1: Bridge, I think we need to get together with Ryan and schedule some sort of intervention. We'll do it.
2: It's already on it's already on the schedule. Once you start losing credit cards, that's when you know you had a wild night.
0: See you in Fort Lauderdale for the intervention. Um (laughs) The uh Washington Redskins, speaking of the NFC East, currently have Colt McCoy listed as their number one quarterback, Case Keenum, number two, Dwayne Haskins, number three. Um this is what Jay Gruden had to say about this. It's early and I was forced to make the depth chart. I wouldn't have made a depth chart right now. There's no reason to. It's silly. But that's for the media and for me to come up and answer these questions. But really, that's all it is. Words on a piece of paper, names on a piece of paper, and an order that means nothing at this point. Gruden said before... Uh, putting down his copy of Great Gatsby and 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 like doing something else in his office. I uh, I tend to agree with him. I mean, how much stock do you put into this, Sean? You're you're laughing. I don't know if it's my Great Gatsby reference. Maybe you're not a F. Scott Fitzgerald guy. I nah, just
1: he just Jay Gruden just sounds like that like dead man walking. Like he just knows he's gone. He's just like, what do you want me to do with these three quarterbacks? I'm not doing anything with them. Um. I don't think it's surprising. I don't think it's that important. I don't think it's surprising because Colt McCoy got there the same year that Jay Gruden did. He's probably he been in that offense for a long time. He's battling against a rookie and a newcomer who's been on, I think, four teams in that span that he's been in Washington. So it makes sense that he would have the best grasp on the offense early. Um, They do have a bit of a... problem up front without a left tackle, and I know they're saying Donald Penn, but Penn's not nearly as good as Trent Williams, and Colt McCoy might offer them the most mobility. So I don't think it's surprising he would get the first crack at it. That said, I would have a hard time believing, I think I said this on yesterday's pod, I feel like all three quarterbacks are going to start a game this season, Hmm. because if Colt McCoy wins the job week one, which I wouldn't be that surprised just because of his familiarity with the offense. I think he's getting benched by week two or three for like a Keenum or Haskins. I would probably wait to do Haskins later because I don't think you can bench Haskins and go back to McCoy or or Keenum. So I don't think it's surprising. And with all quarterback battles, it's going to come down to the preseason most likely, just whoever plays well in the preseason. And what this means is Colt McCoy might start Thursday night against the Browns and he might get the first crack at it. But I would expect all three quarterbacks to get, Starts in the preseason and substantial minutes in the preseason. Whoever plays well in real football,
2: not a practice, is going to get the job.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm with you. I mean, I think. Well, go ahead, John. You got something to say?
2: I was going to say I feel sorry for Jay Gruden. It's like the guy has no control over what's happening. He's got Colt McCoy, then Bruce Allen's. You know, let's let's make this little crazier. Let's go and trade for Case Keenum. Let's uh draft Dwayne Haskins. So he's just like throwing all these quarterbacks in his lap hoping Gruden can make it work. And if he doesn't make it work, you know who's getting fired? Not Bruce Allen. Uh, so it's just an absurd situation. I hope Jay Gruden goes 16-0 and and, like, gets named general manager and Daniel Snyder sells the team to Jay Gruden because that guy has just been through. I don't think any coach could succeed in that situation. I don't think death charts mean anything in the preseason. I remember Russell Wilson was behind Matt Flynn uh, in 2012. After he got drafted, so I do agree with Gruden on that. I think that there is a possibility Haskins could be starting by week one if he looks way better than these other two guys are in the preseason.
1: Jay Gruden uh, next year is coaching for the Las Vegas Raiders, right? As an assistant coach,
0: almost certainly as the as, <laughs> as the offensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. There's a there's, there's a very good yeah. And it's just like just and he's ooh.
2: also going to live next door to Derek Carr.
0: Hey, so this is just randomly interesting, but I find it kind of hilarious. I was um. Yeah, I was just sort of bringing up some sites to look at odds, you know, like to check and see what, you know, like look, I was looking at the odds for the divisional matchups and, um, I saw on, the, uh, locally they have, uh, they've listed MVP odds. <laughs> so, well, first of all, I found it. I was like, Oh man, they got Ben Roethlisberger on here at 36 and a half to one, which I might have to play because I like that. But more hilariously, uh, like Cam Newton is listed on here as Cameron Jarrell Newton. Thirty-seven and a half to one. And then like down a little bit further, it's like James Richard Garoppolo, 38. to one. Like I like Are it's they a, trying to
1: confuse people so they don't like take it because they're like, Oh, who's this guy? But
0: T Y Hilton is on here twice. One says Eugene Marquise, T Y Hilton. And another as Eugene T Y in air quotes Hilton. It's very, I'm very confused. It's very, Do they bizarre. have the same odds. Yes. 147.5 <laughs> to one. It'd
1: be great if one of them had better or worse odds. It's
0: very bizarre. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, 56 and a half to one. So not, I've already got my, my wager in on Mitch at 200 to one, of course, with our friend Ryan. We all do. Um, but, uh, Derek Carr, 109 to one. He's now 30 to one in Vegas, according to the, the Westgate. So there's some value there. As we all know, I can't take Derek Carr to win the MVP. I mean, that
1: is tempting though. 109 as is a much lot. As don't like Derek Carr.
0: Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck, by the way, seven, 7.7 7. 7 to one. Don't, don't like it. Don't like we're, it. Son. I
1: think we're hop, I think we're slowly what you see is like us getting off the Colts bandwagon. Like we have one leg starting to like prepare to leap onto the Texans.
0: Kirk Cousins 47 to one. Kind of like it. What do you think? Do you like Kirk Cousins as MVP? Yeah.
2: There is no number that number could be to make me put this, any amount of money on Kirk Cousins to win MVP on this podcast when we get to the
1: playoff teams he's going to make his case for the vikings when he trashes the bears i already know this because he said on yesterday's podcast that he thinks the vikings are going to be really good
0: i actually think there's a really good argument for Kirk cousins that if the vikings can take a step forward that he could be he's gonna to have to win some primetime games late in the year um but if the vikings he, he throws for over
1: four thousand yards and like every year five touchdowns yeah. every single year yeah. if they win 13 games or 12 games which isn't inconceivable no he's gonna and be he one collapse in prime time i think he has a
2: shot
0: yeah at 50 to 1 i mean it's worth it a- what, are, what are lamar jackson's odds uh i think he actually came down oh, he's 73 to 1
2: and what if he rushes
0: for a thousand yards throws for three thousand yards, yards the ravens make the playoffs he will be one of the five guys under consideration then um I would certainly rather have I guess, 73 to 1 I don't mind him Matthew Stafford 88 and a half to 1 Philip Rivers 21 to 1 yeah. I just think you need to be over 30 like it's got to be I'd like somebody in the 45 plus range to actually t- t- to have some decent value to it uh one guy that I might not play but he seems to win these things a lot Tom Brady 10 to 1 some quasi shocking news with Tom Brady uh I don't know how much you guys put into this but uh, as reported by Ian Rappaport of NFL Media First, uh, Tom Brady's new contract, which we talked about yesterday, includes a provision that does not allow the Patriots to transition tag or franchise tag him for the 2020 season. Because his uh, final two years automatically void on the final day of the 2019 league year, Brady cannot be tagged. He cannot sign a new extension because he just signed one. He will technically be a free agent. John Breach. This reeks of a Breachian story.
2: This reeks. Wait, of- no, 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 hold on. Actually, I'm
0: going to ask you a different question. You're in charge of writing the headline for this story about this factoid. What is the headline?
2: Uh, Tom Ooh. Brady
0: puts rare contract provision yeah. and yeah. okay. newest
2: extension. Oh yeah.
0: yeah, shoot it in my veins, baby. That's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I would click. Yeah, that's the sound of a million people clicking. Oh my god, I, was, uh, I just clicked. Um, I, I do think though that it is like. The, the obvious comparison here is Drew Brees, um, I guess, uh last year, when Brees was technically a free agent, even though Brees had made it clear that he wasn't going to go anywhere and he was going to sign with the Saints, but he, he did become a free agent because he didn't want to be franchise tagged. Um, is is there any shenanigans about this, that, that raise your radar breach, outside of just some eccentricities with the contract? I mean, Brady's not playing anywhere else. Teams well, the can... crazy thing is, well, Brady kind
2: of hinted, Before Rappaport reported this and anyone caught on, Brady kind of hinted at it in his press conference. He does one once a week, and he had it on Monday morning. And I don't think anybody really picked up on it. And I didn't even pick him up until after this news came out. But he was asked, uh, is there a sense of relief getting his contract done? And he said, there's a lot of guys who have one year left on their contract. I've got one year to go, and we'll see what happens. And that was from literally Monday – He was asked about his extension, and he said there was only one year left, and I have one year to go, and we'll see what happens. So he kind of broke his own news on his contract, and I don't think – it kind of feels like that Brady is just coming to terms with this could be his last year. That's what this says to me that – you know what? Maybe if we win the Super Bowl, this is where I'm going to retire. This is the one where I go out on top because maybe he does – maybe he worked out this entire offseason, felt himself slip like 3 to 5%. Nothing crazy, but he does know as he gets older, that number is going to get higher, and then he's going to look like Colt McCoy next year, and then <laughs> the Patriots are going to fall off the wagon. So I, I think this just says, hey, maybe I'm thinking about retirement A thousand times more than I would have last year or even two years ago.
0: Is it possible that he listens to this podcast and heard Pete Prisker predict that the Buffalo Bills will win the AFC East in 2020? And he's like, I'm not, I'm scared. I'm too scared of that prediction. I'm out of here after 2019 no matter what happens. Super Bowl or bust. Don't care. I'm out of here. I I do think it is weird though that like he got eight million dollars. Like you couldn't funnel eight million dollars through like some other means that I won't mention. If you say that loudly, Patriots fans will tweet you angrily um, they're like you, you're trying to insinuate that Tom Brady's breaking the law. I'm like, no, I'm just saying that the Patriots figured out a way to circumvent the salary cap. That's all I'm saying. It's a smart move. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, why did you want eight million dollars more? It's just bizarre. Uh, I mean, did you see the breakdown of the contract? So the actual
2: extension, which so the numbers were meaningless and the Patriots knew they were meaningless. Right. So why pick any numbers? And it came out to an average of the extension was worth three years, uh, 84 something million dollars overall, which brings his average to 28.3 million dollars. Number one, that's higher than Jimmy Garoppolo, which was pointed out by multiple people. And number two, 28.3 million dollars is such a weird number. And we saw the Patriots get the 283 diamonds in their Super Bowl ring because their 28 to three comeback. Like, there's no way is a coincidence that Tom Brady worked out a deal where he was getting an average of 28.3 million when the last two years of the contract meant nothing. He hates the Falcons. He loves that Super Bowl win. I like that.
0: I'm here for I it. Can't,
2: I didn't even think about that. Wow
0: that breach is gonna get two stories out of this. It's <laughs> like two stories out of this time. I can't right believe there. he hasn't written that story already. How is uh, that not already? Surprising amount of restraint, John. We're really, really impressed with these. He's up to something. He he knows that like talking, writing about it right now doesn't help, and he knows that whoever is writing it for like the actual site is gonna just update the previous story we had, so he can go back through and be like, he'll like come into Slack and say something like, "Hey guys, I'm just gonna hit something on that little rare thing, that Tom Brady deal," and then write in a, like an extra and, and, and no one's gonna
2: hear this podcast till tomorrow. So. Ex- exactly. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
0: Uh by the way pretty cool um just, just noting this iTunes so, or Apple Podcasts right so they they rebooted their their uh, charts and they've added a specific football chart and so if you go to the iTunes store right now and you go to the sports podcast homepage we're on the sports podcast homepage how cool is that? Oh, Really? Yeah,
2: that's cool.
1: If you scroll
0: down, this football and the top three options are. The- I always
1: try to look for us to see if we're on like the top sports or whatever, and then I was like, why do they not divide by sports? That I feel like that makes no sense. They I I have separate sporting categories. So
0: I think they're starting to do that. We are currently uh, 89th in sports, jammed right in between Menace to Society podcast and the Hunting Collective, which you know basically the oh, same yeah, thing. Head of the Hunting Collective. We are behind the Hunting Collective.
1: Ah, oh, all right. Come on guys, by, by, by the end of the next season, we gotta, we gotta take them down.
0: We're also behind the Mina Kime show, uh, Levitard and friends and a podcast called talking cowboys. So we got that going for us. Let's, let's, let's click. Let's subscribe, unsubscribe and jump past this
2: podcast talking about American West cowboys or football cowboys.
0: Uh, football cowboys. Okay. But when I I, I would would
2: listen to either, I I mean, I'm a fan of either. (laughs) Yes. When I go to the, when I go to
1: the sports podcast page, We are the third listed podcast under football.
0: That's what I'm saying. Pretty awesome, huh? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, click, click on that link, everybody. The more you click on the page, the more it like vaults us up the rankings and I don't know. Subscribe, unsubscribe, and us just tell you that. I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. Uh, moving along.
1: The throwback thing they used to say.
0: I know. Um, uh, very quickly, just to, uh, a couple of news items, and then we'll get to a break, and we'll, we'll talk about these teams. Uh, Levante David underwent knee surgery. He's expected to be ready for week one, but that's what they say is a meniscus cleanup thing. That's what they say about everybody who undergoes surgery in early August. Is like, is he's expected to be back week one. We'll see about that. The Buccaneers lost Quan Alexander this all season. Jason Pierre-Paul, is it going to be there? Jerry McCoy is gone. They need Levante David in that lineup, uh, especially with Devin White coming in as a rookie. And uh, Browns. Wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., not practicing this week with an illness. Doesn't seem to be anything serious, but just worth monitoring. Uh, Jerry Jones said about Zeke, Dak, and Amari. Um, is, we're recording this at 3.15 on Monday, so I can't call my buddy Zeke. But that was a potentially popular segment, uh, except for the fact that, I don't know if you guys heard, I left his phone number in the podcast. I got a lot of messages about that. People are like, dude, you left Zeke's phone number in the podcast. Everyone's going to call him. I was like, why would they call Zeke? Um. so don't call Zeke if you got his number. Do, do me a favor. we are got to keep him going. Uh, just know that, like so many things, it'll happen. It'll happen, Jerry Jones said. There literally is no concern on my part at all about any time frame. That'll happen. The results are too good for them and too good for the Cowboys. Think about it now. The results are too good for them and too good for the Cowboys. That always happens when it's good for both of us. Okay, man, whatever you say, Jerry. Um. And then, uh, very quickly, uh, thoughts and prayers to the family of Don Banks, the uh, long longtime sports illustrated writer who uh passed in his sleep on on uh, over the weekend while well, he was in canton at a hotel room uh i mean i didn't know don really well i knew him I'd, I'd hung out with him a few times he's only 56 years old which is a major league reality check for anybody who's you know getting getting up there i mean i mean I'm, you know, myself included but i mean far too young one of the nicest guys you will uh, you will ever meet in the nfl business i don't know if you guys interacted with him or not but don was a good dude and um rip to him We will uh, look at some teams that might be able to take a step back and miss the playoffs in 2019 after this break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase clutch athletics at newbalance.com. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Okay, so every single year I do five teams who are going to make and five teams who are going to miss. And uh, this year I got my five, and they're targeted right at John Breach and Sean Wagner. The Bengals will not make it. I'm just kidding. The Bengals didn't make it last year. I'm joking. Um, oh. Just kidding. Um, the Bengals are not on my teams to make take a step forward. Sorry, John. The uh, But there isn't AFC... Sad emoji. I love it. There is an AFC North team that is on my list of teams to fall back, and it is the I think the most obvious team on this whole list of like of like uh, it was the last year's list of playoff teams. It's the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, my theory on the Ravens: if you look at them, they got extremely lucky down the stretch when they played in order the Bengals who were 26 against the run by according to DVOA. The Raiders 22nd, Falcons 30th, Chiefs 32nd, Buccaneers 31st, Chargers 10th, and then the Browns 25th. They got it's like hitting a lottery ticket to have all but like two of the worst teams against the run when you're switching your team to a run heavy attack which the the Ravens were. I credit them for being uh aggressive and experimental and all that stuff with Lamar Jackson, but uh but John, I'm telling you what, Breacher, I look at this and I just feel like maybe the Ravens' offense could take a step back. Am I crazy?
2: Uh, do you have that DVOA list in front of you against the run? Or are you just reading off notes?
0: Um, I mean, I can, like, yeah, what do you want? What's your? Where, where, where did the Dolphins rank last year? Well, John, I mentioned this as well, actually. The Dolphins are 24th, the Cardinals are 29th, the Chiefs and the Browns are their team. So
2: they could start out hot. I'm not saying or they're Oh, no, trying... man, that's first four games of the season, <laughs> Will. And all of a sudden, you're 4-0, and maybe you're not missing the playoffs And I just want to point out, Will doesn't just pull these numbers out of his behind, which some people think. The reason he does five playoff teams is because since 1990, when the NFL expanded the playoff format to 12 teams, so since 1990, we're at 29 seasons since then, there have been at least four teams to miss the playoffs the next season. So they make it one season, they miss the next season. It happens every single year, and five's a way more round and fun number. And anyway, (laughs) I disagree with you, Brenton. I think the Ravens are not going to take a step back.
0: Wow. Do you think they're Ooh. a playoff team?
2: I, I mean, I do. I think that we just said that they, they, they're they luckying out again. So I don't know We're if not- someone in the scheduling office loves them, that they got four teams that are horrible against the run last year. They're opening up against the Dolphins, Cardinals, Chiefs, and Browns in 2019. And just because of that, it's all winnable. Sure, it doesn't sound like they could beat the Chiefs. So we saw that game last year. If you're on the ground and you have the ball for 58 minutes of the entire game, and Patrick Mahomes only has it for two minutes, he can only score one touchdown. So like they've got an offense that if it can stay on the field and keep Mahomes off, you keep it a low-scoring game. It's exactly what they did last year, and they almost won that game. The Browns, we don't know. So they start four and zero. I think they have a shot at the playoffs, and I do think that three and one or four and zero is not out of the question.
0: I I actually don't agree with you. By the way, they were two and four in one score game. No, I mean, like, I – and look, here's the other thing. When I was putting this together, I was like, man, this is so obvious and easy. A few weeks ago, I was like, I'm getting scared about the idea of fading Lamar Jackson. Like, I feel like Lamar Jackson could have a monster year. Um, I do think that it's going to be difficult for him, given his size and NFL defenses, to run as much as John Harbaugh has said he wants him to. But Greg Romans had success with Tyrod Taylor and Colin Kaepernick. They were two and four in one score games last year which is, means they were unlucky. And they actually underperformed the, Pythagor- the- blah, Pythagorean theorem for win totals. It was uh, 10.8, and they won just 10 games. So maybe maybe Breach is right, Sean. Yeah, I think I fall
1: somewhere in the middle, whereas I don't know. I don't feel confident saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but I do think they might be a regression candidate. Look, look to Breach's point, they were the sixth best team by DVOA, uh, one spot behind the Bears, one spot in front of the Patriots uh the point differential was plus 102 which was 3 points better than the Chargers um 13 points better than the Colts so i think this is a, actually a good football team now you look at what they did in the off season they added Earl Thomas which i think a lot of us liked here mm-hmm. but they also lost CJ Mosley and they lost Darius Smith so i i don't know if they're going that defense takes a slight step back And so then you look at the offense, is that offense going to be able to take the next step? And to your point, they can't run the ball like they did with Lamar Jackson because he's probably going to get hurt if he takes those hits again. And while I like what they did in the draft getting those receivers, to me this doesn't seem like an offense that's going to necessarily take off this year. This seems like a next-year team that we're all going to be high on them because hopefully towards the end of the year we see some development. And so the last thing working against them, too, is that division. The Browns, we all think— or a lot of people think are going to take that next step, maybe win two more games this year. Um, and I don't think we can discount the Steelers. So that's what the Ravens have going against them. So I can see both sides of it, I guess, what I'm saying. I'm not going to pick them to win the division, I don't think, but they're that team I wouldn't be surprised if they win the division. And I feel like I've been talking up John Harbaugh a lot on the podcast. I think he's really underappreciated. And he's had one bad year, which I think was a Flacco injury year. He's always at least right around 8-8, eight and 7-9, eight, and 9-7, nine, and nine, so I think they're that team that entering December is going to be very much in the wild card race. And if at that point in the season, if those rookie receivers are starting to develop, and if Lamar Jackson is starting to develop, then absolutely they can make the playoffs.
0: Mm. Uh, one more, I went NFC heavy on here. I think, yeah, I did uh, three. I had one more AFC team on here as well. Um, I think it's a pretty, another pretty obvious choice. Uh, I was sort of talking these out with RJ White, our editor. I like to bounce odds and stuff and these list off of him, uh, one of our editors. Uh and um uh Houston. The Houston Texans are a team that uh make a lot of sense as a regression candidate to me. I know I just advise everyone to bet on them four to one to win the to win the ASC <laughs> South. So, you know, uh maybe speaking, maybe pulling a Jerry Jones here. Uh, but I, I go back and look at that Houston Texans season last year and I mean, we were saying it as it was happening, right? Like they start out zero and three. Now they weren't terrible in one score games at six and five, so it's not like they were like crazy lucky. Uh, their win expectancy was ten point two, and they won eleven. Um, but I, man, I just look at that that stretch of games where they beat the Colts in overtime, beat the Cowboys in overtime, then got the Bills at home, a bad Jaguars team on the road, thumped the Dolphins on Monday night, snuck one out in Denver, um, you know, snuck one out in Washington by two points, hammered the Titans. Uh, You know, took care of the Browns, a team that, you know, like Baker Mayfield hadn't seen any great defenses Um, and then, you know, lost to the Colts. And they had that long winning streak and it was like they were the worst. They were 0-3. It was like, is Bill O'Brien getting fired? Then they ripped off this win. And I'm just not sure that those wins were necessarily great wins. And I felt like when we got to the playoffs, it was very obvious. I, my my concern with the Texans Sean, is that uh, I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's awesome. He is injury-prone. I mean, he said torn his ACL twice in his career, uh, including college. And uh, I you know, I think also when you look at J.J. Watt, he's had a bunch of injuries. And I think this is a stars and scrubs roster with no GM and a, and a coach who's wielding a little too much power. So I, I would pick the Texans to fall back to the pack a little bit here.
1: Yeah, and the only reason I think I would take the Texans to repeat as division champs is if Andrew Luck actually does miss time with that calf. Um, uh, it's hard for me to pick against them because I too also really love Deshaun Watson. I mean I ranked them ahead of Baker Mayfield on the top twenty-five under twenty-five list. The thing that really bugs me about the Texans, because I wanted to pick them, is how the draft shook out. And we knew they needed offensive line help, and they certainly took an offensive lineman and Titus Howard. But Andre Dillard was sitting there one pick before them and then the Eagles come up and swoop them. And that kind of that really kind of annoyed me because it seemed like he was the most obvious pick for them. The left tackle, they kind of needed to help solidify that offensive line. And to have him go to a team that doesn't even need offensive line help right in the second was kind of painful to watch that happen. I don't know. Is Titus Howard going to be an instant upgrade? He might be a good long-term pick, but I feel like the scouting report coming out of him was he's kind of raw. Um, He needs time to refine his blocking. So that that concerns me. The injury history concerns me. J.J. Watt potentially slowing down concerns me. You know, Clowney also has, you know, has an injury history. Um, So, we're talking about, you said they're a Stars and Scrubs team. Three of their stars are injury-prone. So, I think that's also mm. a concern. Um, it, it's tough, because I was going through the other night and trying to think who I was going to pick to make the playoffs, and I think the Texans were one of the teams that I had the last few out, and I
2: wanted to find a way to put them in. So, 2017, they finished last place, and... Me and Wilson both picked him to win the division last year, 2018. So I just want Texans fans, all you Texans fans listening, I picked your team to win the division last year. I am on Brinson's bandwagon right now. I think I think the Texans might finish in last place in 2019. I think I put together uh, schedule rankings every summer. The Texans have the toughest schedule in the AFC. They open up on the road at New Orleans. Uh, week three, they have the Chargers. Later on, they play the Chiefs, the Patriots. Uh, they got to play the Falcons, the Colts twice. I mean, this is a tough Tough schedule. Sean mentioned they don't have an offensive line. Sean Watson's going to get beat up, which isn't good when you're injury prone. I really could see this team dropping to the back of the pack, and of course in the AFC South, six and ten, seven and nine might end up being last place. So it's not going to be like they're going to fall to one and fifteen. But I, yeah, I agree with Prince. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And I think they might just finish in last place in that division.
0: Wow. Uh, all right, now let's get personal with these things. You know what time oh it is, Sean. It's time to tell you that the Bears are going to suck this year. Uh, no, but I do think that the uh, – look. I mean, look, here's the problem. You, you have to take the list of playoff teams from the year before and find five teams who might not make it. It's not easy. It's really effing easy to find five teams who will make it. Because you're like, ah, the Browns and Packers are gonna like have a great year. The Steelers will bounce back. I mean, that's three right there. Um, you know, and then like the pan, you can pick the Panthers. I mean, like, just off the top of your head, that's not hard to do. It is very hard to find five teams who will not make the playoffs because you want to be optimistic this time of year. Uh, I do think the Bears are a potential qualifier, though. And look, people have to understand when we take Mitchell Trubisky two hundred to one to win the MVP, that doesn't mean we think he's actually going to win the MVP. There is a scenario that is more likely than 200 to 1 where he does take a leap forward, you know, take some strides in the second year of this offense with Matt Nagy. Allen Robinson develops, Tariq Cohen has another big year. Um, Trey Burton plays well. I mean, I get it. There's a scenario, but I think when you look at them, I mean, you know, they, they were ninth overall in terms of points scored, but the offense was not that great. And so it's possible that the offense takes a small step forward or even just stagnates a little bit. And the defense comes back to the pack, and that is sort of uh, my scenario, Sean, for which way the Bears, who were six and four in one one-score games, eleven and a half you know game win expectancy, and they won twelve, so they were a little bit lucky on those on those side of things. Uh, that's sort of the scenario, coupled with the Vikings being a much better team, um, maybe the Lions being a little improved, and the Packers, of course, being better. That's the scenario for which the Bears, uh, maybe even go ten and six and just miss the playoffs, or nine and seven.
1: So that's what I was going to say is I was going to agree with you that I think – look, everyone in the analytics community has been talking about how the Bears are the poster boys for regression. Sure. They lost two key contributors on defense, and then they lost their defensive coordinator. They were the fourth healthiest team, I think, on defense last year, according to Football Outsiders, the sixth healthiest offense. Injuries tend to – you know, injury luck tends to regress year to year. 100%. And it's actually harder statistically to maintain defensive dominance that usually fluctuates more on a year-to-year basis – so I completely agree with you. I think they regress, but they won 12 games last year. So I think when I say they regress, I think they regressed to nine or 10 wins. And when I look at this division, so the reason I'm disagreeing with you, obviously, here is because I don't think the rest of the teams have done enough to close the gap. And you said... At the end, you said, obviously, the Packers are going to be improved. I don't think the Packers are an obvious improvement team. I really don't. I mean, w- yesterday on the podcast, I threw out Matt LaFleur as a potential uh, hmm. coach in the hot seat, because what has he done outside of Sean McVay? And he wasn't calling plays with the Rams when he was under Sean McVay. And I get this year, last year in Nashville, the Titans wasn't his fault with, you know, Blaine Gabbert, quarterback, and Marcus Mariota not being able to feel his hands. But it's not like that Titans offense was was any good. And so you look at all the pieces they got in defense. There's a lot of young players on that defense. Sometimes, you know, it's just our projection. We think all these defensive players are going to be good. We think Rashawn Gary is going to play well at the next level. It might not happen in his rookie year. Are we sure Mike Pettin is a good defensive coordinator? I mean, people thought that Packers defense was going to be really good last year. It, re- it simply wasn't. Um, I think they overpaid for Adrian Amis. Um, and I know it's easy for me to say as a Bears fan um, because they let him walk away. But I don't think he's going to magically make that back in that defense um, a lot better. And so I think the one team that you make a case for to beat them in the NFC North is the Vikings. But then you just look at those Vikings versus Bears games this past year, and that offensive line just could not handle the Bears up front. And the Bears did not lose players up front. Um, the Bears you know, stayed the same up front, and there's a lot of people who think Leonard Floyd is going to have a breakout. So I agree with you. I think the Bears will regress. Um but what I see is ten wins. I still think they win that division. And look, the Packers weren't even close to the Bears last year. The, the Bears were fifth in DVOA. Uh, the Packers were nineteenth. I think their like point differential difference was like one hundred sixty two or something like that. So the Packers were closer to the Lions than they were to the Bears. Mm. So I think the Bears regress, but I don't think they regress to the point where they let the Packers or Vikings overtake them.
0: Ooh, wait, well, you don't think the so you don't think the Bears miss the playoffs?
1: No, I think they went. I think I only have one team coming out of the North.
0: Is that a is, is that Bears. a is that a um, uh, Game of Thrones joke? Or is that a...
1: no? Just okay. Uh, <laughs> I know I
2: see why you would think that. Any thoughts I, on I, Chicago? Every town? time
1: I say north, I yeah. don't say it's not a Game of Thrones reference.
2: Any thoughts? I'll since... just say real quick that Sean talking about how it sounds like he thinks the Bears are definitely better than the Packers, the Vikings, and bringing up the Packers DVOA and blah 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 Sean stuff. But here's the thing. There was only one game where those two teams were both at full strength last season. It was week one. The Packers won. Aaron Rodgers injured his knee. At that point, he's pretty much hobbled the rest of the season. So that Packers offense wasn't running any close, anywhere close to full strength. And, and no matter what we think of what Mike Pettin's going to do, the defense is upgraded talent-wise. Now, whether they're going to gel and, and be better overall, we can question that. But there is no question that they have more talent. So when you have more talent, you have a new system. Mike McCarthy, like – the three of us could have sat here and predicted every play the Packers were going to run last year. You can't do that anymore. Matt LaFleur, uh, you know, they had a band-aid offense in Tennessee. That team still went nine and seven last year with half the talent and, and neither of those quarterbacks, Gabber or Mariota, even close to what Aaron Rodgers is. So I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to Matt LaFleur. And, uh, God, I hate to say it again, but I agree with Brinson. I think that the Packers are probably the best team in the division. And I agree with the Sean in the sense that I think this division probably only gets one team into the playoffs. So if we both think it's the Packers going in, then bye, Bears. The, By the um, way, I, I yeah. think
1: most people would probably yeah, not When we when we see like all these sites put out their season predictions, I would be willing to bet more people have the Packers than the Bears the Yes, division.
0: that's correct. There, there will be a bunch of people who have the packers winning the division. I will be taking the vikings. We'll get to that more later this week. Um <laughs> but I think I, I I agree. I think people will, people like to find opportunities to zig when they you know in, in different directions. And the bears are just such an obvious regression team.
1: That's yes. what I was saying. I think they will regress because it's just way too obvious.
0: Um, um all right, moving along from the bears because we got we're running out of time. Uh the Dallas Cowboys Quietly, have gone 13-3, 9-7, and 10-6 and in the last three years uh with Jason Garrett losing twice in the uh, divisional round. Once did not make the playoffs, and they went 9-7. and uh, I'm a little wary of this one. I think the Bears, Texans, and Ravens are the obvious candidates. Um, and then when you're picking another team, you could look at maybe the Chiefs. <sighs> oh, no. The, the Chiefs, could, Chiefs could regress. The Chiefs could easily regress. Their defense could I just, stink.
1: I I I mean, you didn't pick them, so we don't have to have a long argument about it. I just think that picking the team with the best quarterback in football is just.
0: I mean, he has has...
1: his. I agree, they're going to regress, but when when people say the Chiefs' offense is going to regress, people aren't saying they're going to be a bad offense. They're just. Going to go from being a historically great offense to just
2: the number one scoring but, uh, offense.
0: Uh, yeah, right. But I'd like, give R.J. Arjun... Chiefs
2: have never had a losing record under Andy Reid. They're right. not just going to start losing next year. Andy Reid is the it's reason I.
0: Happen. Andy Reid is the reason I'm scared. Not Patrick Mahomes. To be perfectly honest. Like Mahomes is great, but like Matt Ryan and the Falcons went seven to nine last year. Crap happens in the NFL. Like I mean, it's. But that's not Matt Ryan's not Patrick Mahomes. Matt Ryan
1: R- not... is not Andy
0: Reid. I'm saying Andy Reid's the reason why. Like I think if we put like. Like maybe you put somebody else in charge of the Chiefs, they can absolutely yeah, yeah. Take, come back to earth. I just think Andy Reid is such a good coach that it won't happen. So I'm not I'm not going to do that. I'm willing to bet against Jason Garrett. How about that? <laughs> okay, like I'm willing to bet against Jason Garrett. I'm a little worried because I think the Cowboys look like a very good roster. They have an excellent offensive line. When they added Amari Cooper last year, their offense took off. I think Dak Prescott is a sneaky MVP candidate. Value at fifty to one. Um, certainly at a hundred to one, I like him, uh, defensively with Leighton Vanderesh um, and Jalen Smith DeMarcus Lawrence. I mean, they have a team that, that could, you know, could easily end up having a really good year, but they were an expected win loss last year of 8.4 and finish at 10 and six. That is a big difference. Um, you know, and I just, I think when you look at them, what you see is a team that, that won a lot of close games, especially down the stretch, um, Their one score game record, I believe, let's see, they were one and two. two, 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 Oh yeah. They had a great record in one score games, like six and two. That's a. That's a major it's a red flag. It's a major red flag. The win expectancy is a major red flag. The only thing that concerns me a little bit, and then the other thing is the Zeke Elliott stuff. Like what if Zeke Elliott isn't, isn't playing right away? That could be a problem. They can suffer injuries on defense very easily. They're not deep on defense. Um, and so I would not be surprised at all if the Cowboys struggled. I do worry a little bit because the Giants are, could be terrible. The Redskins are probably terrible. Even if the Eagles are great, um, it, it's asking a lot for the Cowboys to just crater. But they could easily go 9-7 and miss the playoffs.
2: For instance, if Zeke Elliott misses any games, let's say he misses the first three weeks, which one concerns you the most? Week one versus the Giants, week uh, two versus the Redskins, or week three versus the Dolphins? Wow.
0: Well, what if they? Go, what if Zeke doesn't play and they go one and two in those games? Well, then going.
2: Jerry Jones gave him a blank check. But if they go three and zero in those games. Then all of a sudden this holdout gets spicy and Jerry's dancing around. He's like, Hey, we don't need you, Zeke. You sit on, I don't have to pay you. That money's getting added to our salary cap every week you miss. Uh, but anyway, you said we need to cut this short and be fast. So I'm going to be fast and the Cowboys are making the playoffs. Everything you just said is wrong.
0: Okay. Spolt. Uh, got anything there, Sean, on the Cowboys?
2: Uh, I agree with everything you said. My only
1: fear is that. That division sucks, except the Eagles, but if Carson Wentz gets an injury, then suddenly the Cowboys are winning that division with eight wins. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, if, if the Eagles are the only thing standing in the Cowboys' path, and I think the Eagles are a better team, and I think they'll win the division, but they got a quarterback who can't seem to make it through season healthy, so if he goes down, I don't think the Eagles, they don't have fools anymore, so I think eight or nine wins could win that division, and I think the Cowboys, while you're saying regression, I agree with you, I think they're going to be around eight and eight, nine and seven. I think they're going to be competitive.
2: I Did, say, didn't. your Madden simulation pick the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, I'm just saying. I think they're they're a can't. They, the I would think the Eagles. Could, look, the Eagles could be a regression team too. You, you, but you basically have to pick one of the Eagles or Cowboys because nobody thinks the Redskins and Giants are going to steal a spot from that division. So oh, I'm taking set, the Eagles in that division to regress I don't or feel to win. because because of Wentz's health. I know, but you got to But if you're but if you're doing for this exercise, you got to pick one of those two teams not to make the playoffs. And oh, they, you know what Cowboys. I mean? Yeah, I'd rather take the Cowboys. I don't want to bet against. Uh, Doug Peterson, and the friggin' that Eagles roster is is
2: really good, very good, and yeah. really deep. So the Cowboys roster is pretty good too. Sean
0: Kellen Moore is gonna be a big X factor here.
2: Yes, I do agree with that.
0: Uh, and then finally, the last team that I picked to miss the playoffs, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Oh no, Brinson!
1: I don't, I don't, I don't like it. All right, tell me why. Because it seems like we've made such a big deal about this golf stuff. And yes, I've played a significant role in making a big deal out of it. They were still the second team by DVOA. They were still crushing teams for, you know, the vast majority of the season. And by the way, even when Goff wasn't playing well, they were still winning a lot of games. It's not like they were, they went on this, you know, big losing streak. Um, so I just, I don't know if they win the division because I still like the Seahawks despite uh read suspension, but I don't see them losing fewer than, you know, nine or ten games. Fewer than ten games. I, I think they're a double digit win team.
0: They are uh the top favorite of that division. I could have easily picked the Seahawks. Worth noting they went six and one in one score games the Rams did last year. It's a pretty big number. That tends to regress back to the mean a little bit. We don't think that they're gonna have a Todd Gurley at maximum capacity. Cooper Cup's coming off an ACL. Uh Jared Goff is bad down the stretch. They're not going to get, the division has to be better. I mean, the Seahawks should be tough again. I, I'm, I thought about going with the Seahawks in this spot too, but I, mean, I think you got to pick one and I, I, I'd rather bank on the Rams potentially regressing. I mean, they got out to 10 and one and then really were not good in the second half of the season after their buy. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like there could be a little bit of a hangover in the Super Bowl here. I feel like you might see a team that, um, struggles to come out right away and, and, and dominate. So I, I'm going to go with the Rams as my 15.
2: And I will say real quick that the, Sean McVay, you know, he's coming to his third year, and maybe it wasn't – so. I mean, obviously Jared Goff was regressing, but maybe we start to see defensive coordinators figure out Sean McVay's offense. You can only run so many jet sweeps before people start to say, I think that guy's going to run a jet sweep. That's right. And so, yeah, so it's, it's where you get to this third year, and this becomes the pivotal year because you don't really have time to study it that first year. So McVay just kind of blew everyone away. They go 13 and 3 – or 11 and 5. They went – I think they went 11. Yeah, 11-5. and five. So they go 11-5 and five his first year. He kind of modifies, gets better. But then we saw Bell Belichick. We saw what those guys did to the Rams' offense. Absolutely shut it down. And that was with Goff struggles at the end of the regular season. So I don't think it's crazy what Brinson's spinning out here, even though they've won 24 games in two years with McVay. I'm going to agree with Brinson, even though Sean McVay went to Miami, Ohio, the best college in the entire world. I'm going to agree with Brinson and say the Rams miss the playoffs.
0: All right. So you guys didn't match up with all of mine and that's, that's good. That's to be expected. Uh, who are other candidates that you could see missing the playoffs? Um, I would assume that we can safely rule out the New England Patriots. Um, we all, the Colts could be, the Colts are, like, if this Andrew Luck thing is a, is an issue, the Colts are on this list. Okay. Like, if they're going 16 games with Jacoby Brissett or Andrew Luck has a bad calf, the Colts are on this list. Um, I don't know if you guys want to rule out the Chargers. But you can. Although, Sean, if I'm like, if I'm demanding that the Chiefs are potentially on the list, Sean might refuse not to have the Chargers on there. Um, as we mentioned, the Cowboys and the Eagles is sort of an inflection point. I think the NFC North is a prime spot for it. The Saints are a team that could that fall Saints. back. The Saints.
2: That was going to be my dark horse team. Because look, you have Drew Brees. He does not, he's not on a TB12 diet. He might get, he's not in as good shape as Br- or, uh, Tom Brady. So his arms start getting sore. All of a sudden, he doesn't last th- for their entire season or he regresses. It's not that crazy to think that the Panthers or the Falcons could come up, win the division and get the wild card and leaving New Orleans in third place. So if I was going to list, I know I disagreed with one of yours, Brenton. If I were to toss whatever team I disagreed without, I might put the Saints in there because they're no walk to win the NFC
0: South. Worth noting with the Saints, too. Remember, they played the Carolina Panthers twice, and they actually lost one of those games in Week 17, but it didn't really count. They got the Carolina Panthers after Cam Newton had basically become a shell of himself. They beat him 12-9 in Charlotte in a game that, that snuffed out the Panthers any hope of uh, surviving. And, uh, you know, this is a team that was, uh, you know, looked great for like a, I mean, that stretch where they beat Baltimore on the road by one point, then took Minnesota on the road, then like, handled the Rams, to annihilated the Bengals 51-14, to 14, smoked the Eagles 48-7, to seven, took care of the Falcons by two touchdowns. It looked like they were a dominant team, and then the Cowboys sort of shook them, and they weren't ever really the same again. So I don't know. So I, I, I could get behind the Saints. I might be willing to take the Rams out and put the Saints in there instead.
1: I was just going to say, I think I'm going to pick the Falcons and win a division, so I'm fine with the Saints. And look, Drew Brees was Whoa. awful after Thanksgiving. And whether that was due to an injury or if you look at his deep ball numbers, they were really off. And maybe it was due to some injury we don't really know about, or, or he's maybe old. he's old. And maybe, I mean, I feel like we kind of see it with Rivers, too. Sometimes at the end of the year, they lose a little bit of something. So I don't know. He's getting up there, and that's the stacked division, as you guys both just
0: I'm said. I'm
2: getting so. up there, too. Like, my riding trails <laughs> off after Thanksgiving, it happens. You get old, you start forgetting things, or your arm gets sore. We've all seen it happen.
0: Absolutely. All right. There's our teams. I mean, look, it's, some teams are going to miss the playoffs. It's going to be surprising. It feels weird to talk about the Saints or Rams or any of these teams missing the playoffs in, in August because it's early, but all of a sudden it's October 1st and this in your team is like two and three and struggling and, and reality sets home. Guys, as always a pleasure, I bet that we will talk to you again, uh, this week.